You're listening to Russell Prue, broadcasting on the Anderton Tiger Radio Network. Listeners, I'm just delighted to have Professor Andy Fippin live on the telephone. He's from Plymouth University. Andy, welcome to the show. Tell the listeners about your title there, please. Morning, Russell. I'm Andy Fippin. I'm rather grandly Professor of Social Responsibility and Information Technology here at Plymouth University. I spend most of my time sat in small rooms talking to kids about tech. I like that. And the most important bit in there, I think, Andy, is talking to young people because, uh, as we both know, a lot of academic research is done in isolation without actually knowing what's going on. Well, I think the whole space is occupied by people that don't actually talk to young people, both practitioners and academics. With There's lots of people sitting around saying, oh, this is what they're doing and this is what we need to tell them to do. And then you sort of unpick it and you go, well, when's the last time you actually spoke to a bunch of kids about this sort of thing? And they go, oh, no, we, we wouldn't want to do that now, would we? Which I find, I find strange and, and somewhat concerning. It is concerning and, um, and more concerning, you're, you're back on, on, the, on the speaker circuit because uh, there's been a, a, another uh, hoo-ha, a bit of hoo-ha about sexting and I caught a very interesting interview with you on Newsnight just recently. What's caused that most recently, do you think? Well, the NSPCC have just put out another report which is a survey on sexting so, so that's um, raised the interest again but, you know, this is a topic that the, the press and the government are always quite keen to get a hold of it's it's teenagers it's naked photographs it's them behaving in a moral way so let's 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 create a moral hysteria and let's get really excited about it whereas uh, i think what was interesting about the newsnight show was there was me there was tim lawton who's a tory mp but a fairly moderate one and a teenage girl all very much agreeing about the need for education and the, the fact that it's not millions of teenagers you know taking photographs themselves and sending it around it's it's a, a subsection of the teen population but all teens are aware of it and all teens deal with it because there isn't anything around education and there isn't anything around help and support that's going to um, provide them with other channels to discuss these sorts of things. What I thought was interesting from the, the girl, Phoebe, that was on the Newsnight programme, she's at a school where they're actually allowed to discuss these sorts of things and I did say to her, you know, that's a very rare school you're in. And it's interesting, isn't it? And they don't believe that's rare because that's their only exposure to that. So for, for listeners that are not familiar, and I can't believe there are any, for listeners who are not familiar with the issue here particularly, can you just paraphrase that and package that up for me? What What is it? Well, I think, you know, sexting was made famous by celebrities, I think, um... There was a couple of incidents way back in like 2006, 2007, where you're taking a, a photograph of yourself. Maybe it's an indecent one, maybe it's a risque one, and sending it to somebody. Now, the belief was always this happened within relationships, and then once the relationship broke down, sometimes the images got out there. But it's you know it's far more complicated than that. If you look at the work that Jessica Ringrose did with the NSPCC, which was amazing stuff. It, there was lots of stuff around predatory behaviours and, and using it for coercion and blackmail, really. But I think the the issue is that it's not one single thing. There's lots of things going on here. And it's while there might be uh, an operation within it, which is the distribution of a, an indecent image, there's stuff around um, courting, there's stuff around coercion, there's stuff around self-esteem. There's, it's a it's a big area and it gets packaged in as a very small, oh, that sexting, you know, it's like, let's put it in the sexting box and let's put it in the pornography box and let's put it in the media influence box. Well, it's just a big mix, really. And it ties back very strongly to things around esteem and acceptable behaviours and, and what's happened to sexism and all those sorts of things. Do young people understand the legal status of distributing an indecent image of themselves? I don't think they do on the whole, and I don't think many adults do either. I mean, you're in an interesting situation where you can have 
sex with someone at 16, but you can't take a photograph of them until they're 18, which is an interesting one. I know um, the Crown Prosecution Service and the Association of Chief Police Officers have all been saying that it's very rare that a prosecution would happen because it's very rarely in the public interest for a minor to be prosecuted. However, those laws are there if someone does start to behave in a predatory or a, a blackmailing way. So, you know, someone that's collecting images and then saying, unless you do this, then I'm, I'm going to send these images out to other people. I think the laws are there to protect victims from that sort of thing. And is that kind of thing happening? Is that what the establishment is concerned about? Are these images now falling into the wrong hands? Well, I think the work the IWF did last year shows that these images, once they're out there, it's very uncontrolled and you don't know where they're going to end up. The IWF had this term parasites, so, so sites that collect self-generated images or images distributed by other people and putting them in their own collections. Um, but I think that the thing to bear in mind is once that image is out there, there's no control whatsoever over it. It, wherever it ends up, you can't you can't control that. So I think that's one of the concerns. But in terms of the establishment's understanding of it, I'm not sure the establishment has too nuanced an understanding of it because most of the political will at the moment seems to be very much driven around pornography and protection from pornography. Well, not protection from pornography, the filtering of pornography, which is, you know, a very small bit in a very big field. I see very easy for the Prime Minister to sort of step out of one camp into another and mix these up. It seems to be conveniently um, politicised for them, or almost handed on a plate for them to actually make those comparisons. And of course, the electorate then think that uh, all of this is uh, all part of pornography and we've just completely got to get on top of this, so to speak. I, th- I found that the, the Prime Minister's speech at the middle of the summer somewhat irresponsible, if I'm being polite. I mean, you're, you're lumping in access to child abuse images, which is clearly illegal and, and managed through the Internet Watch Foundation with access to legal pornography. And just, I mean, while he did make the distinction of, all oh, these two things are different issues, to, by linking the two together, there is an implication there that the two are related. And I think the comment was there are two issues facing young people online. Now, there there are two issues facing young people online. There are hundreds of issues facing young people online. And to focus on these two issues where you can point the finger at the service providers and go, you do more, I think is quite irresponsible and quite worrying. I'd much rather see discussion around education. Compulsory SRE would be a start. Wouldn't it just, and not to have removed any time in the curriculum for that kind of thing uh, there as well. So um, back to the question here about young people. You've, you've said that you, you don't believe they understand. And so what they do is they, um, they take a, a picture, either a selfie or a, a picture of themselves or someone else, and, and they exchange them between. Do you have evidence that young people are engaging in this activity? Oh, yes. Um, I don't wish to say I'm blasé for it, but that's certainly the, re- the reaction of young people. It is quite a blasé thing. It's not to say that loads and loads and loads of them are doing it, but there will be a few people within the year group or within a town that are known for it, and these images will get out and they will get around. And just so, so, that, go on, Sorry, go on. Go on, no, no, just so that adults can understand it exactly, what is the purpose of that exchange? Are they looking to court each other? Are they looking to frighten each other? Are they selling themselves to each other? What's the purpose of that exchange of image? I think that's one of the things. Is, is for all manner of reasons. It could be courting. It could be, oh, if you send me a picture, I might go out with you. And it might be predatory in that there's someone who's trying to collect images from a number of people in their year. It could be something that happens within the relationship. Um, that's, that's one of the things. Whenever we try and talk about sexting, it's always like, all oh, right, that's sexting. And it's all sorts of different things, really. I mean, David Finkelhorn in the US did some very interesting work trying to categorize different types of sexting. I think that because it is the use of technology to distribute that image, everything is lumped in together. And it can be some very, very different things. 
It was interesting talking to a, a lad at a school a while ago. He said, you know, most sexting you'll never hear about because it is exchanged between a boyfriend and a girlfriend or a boyfriend and a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a girlfriend. And they respect each other's boundaries. And if the relationship does break down, they won't send them on further. It's only the things where it goes wrong that you hear about. So what do we do about it? Well, I, I, I'm not like a stuck record on this one, I'm afraid. It all comes back to education. And the fact that league tables are not the only demonstration that we have developed um, well-rounded individuals. I think the um, PSHE is so fragmented and so patchy in schools across the country now. Um, there is no compulsory SRE. If there is SRE, I'm still told it's still the condom on the cucumber kind of demonstrations and things which I can remember 25 years ago from my um, sex education as it, as it was in school. And if there are no opportunities to discuss these things in schools, of course they're going to turn to their peers for support. And maybe their peers aren't the best people to support them on this sort of thing because they're not aware of the legal situations. They're not aware of being able to respond to these sorts of things. And, and you know, if it is something that goes on and it is viewed as mundane, they don't realise perhaps the severity of someone's trying to coerce them into doing something they don't want to do or, or constantly harassing them for an image. It also seems a bit too easy for police officers in, um, in places of trust to sort of trample all over them and just sort of completely miss the point that whilst this is illegal, that there's something that caused this to happen in the first place. I wonder if we're ever going to get to the bottom or the root of that particular um, issue. And I just wonder enormously how we do that. Um, how do we influence the agenda then? Um, is that part of your work? Well, I, I'm, I'm constantly talking to politicians about it. Um, the problem is when it becomes a campaigning issue rather than um, an issue just for the constituency. Once it becomes a campaigning issue where someone might get um, some political momentum, then sometimes they, they will go for the quick win, shall we say. And blaming the service providers for delivering pornography to the home is far easier than reflecting on educational policy that refuses to discuss, discuss sex and relationship education and claims that PSHE, because it's not an academic subject, doesn't need to be considered at a national level. That's a far more complex debate to have than that ISPs are delivering, uh, allowing pornography to be delivered to the home. Let's make them stop. And and again, are we is our British culture to or partly to blame for that? Um, well, it's, you only have to look at the Daily Mail website for a reflection on British culture. On one side, it's hysteria and and children are going to hell in a handcart. On the other side of the page, it's look at so and so in her bikini with cellulite. Let's all laugh about that. Our British culture seems to be quite strange on this one on the one hand we don't want to talk about these sorts of issues and on the other hand we want to be titillated by them and how are europe coping and dealing with it um again quite variable i think uh i think it will very much depend on the the quality of the support that they have within their own countries and also the the level of um sex and relationship education and social awareness i mean you look at countries like holland really taking a lead because they are quite liberal societies in general and they are happy to discuss these sorts of things whereas you have other countries that really don't want to enter into these discussions because mm. you know it's tough to hear that you know someone is sexually aware 13 14 and engaging in these sorts of things particularly for parents to hear about these sorts of things so the immediate reaction is all right let's ban it let's stop them doing it which obviously is successful when we look at drugs policy oh no it's not <laughs> Well, we could get into a number of other vices as well. <laughs> and, and Andy, it's a real pleasure. I know you're on a very tight deadline. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope to pick another conversation up with you uh, again about this because it is such an important subject. And for you, it occupies almost all of your time. Uh, for the moment, thank you very much for joining us, Professor Andy Fippin. Good to talk to you, Russell. You're listening to Russell Prue, broadcasting on the Anderson Tiger Radio Network.